This is us at Only One Church. We're just going to open up with this podcast, with this series about relationships and actually like, what does a relationship look like with Jesus? How did we start? Where did, where did it come from? Not God in general, but (laughs) where did it come from? And what brought us to Only One Church to begin with? This is just like the intro of it. If you guys want to send us some DMs or emails on some questions that you have about your relationship with God and what that looks like, please do because it'll give us more ideas to discuss and go from here because this is our first podcast. So welcome. I'm Lana. I'm Nicole. Yep. Let's do it. Yeah. You're not Pastor Lee. I'm not Pastor Lee anymore. Yes, if you're new, um, our children's pastor, Pastor Nicole, she actually just got married, or you already know, and you've seen the video on our YouTube channel. So yeah, Miss Pastor Nicole Howard now. She's no yeah. longer a lead. But yeah, right. so today, um, you know, just kind of starting things out, I felt like I had a different experience than most with church. It was one of those you know, being a Southern Baptist, there was no option. You just walked in into the world and you went to church the next Sunday. Like that's just how the world was. And so I feel like, you know, I had a construed thought process of what a relationship with God was. Um, I just thought it was going to church. Like that's who, what it was. That was your relationship with God. There wasn't, at least in my finite mind, there was no process to get closer to God. It was just, you just go to church on Sunday. That's, that's your relationship with God. Yeah. We had a lot of the same, like, you know, growing up, you know, being a, a New Yorker, <laughs> a transplant, you know, from, from Alabama, but the whole thing was just really different for us because like, we didn't have church in our lives, like, so to speak. So there was no example of what that relationship would look like. So when we got our own little place or whatever, you know, in New York, you had your little basement apartment, three squares, you take care of it. And so we were in the basement and I was like, and upstairs, they were having church in the house that we lived in. So church just kind of landed on top of us, you know? And so we didn't really have a choice to do church. So we just did it like robotically. We saw them open a Bible. So we opened a Bible, you know, we saw them praying. So we got down on our knees. Most of the time we went to sleep, but you know, that was where the relationship was. And then like, you know, it just, it didn't make sense. Like, I'm like, what are we doing this for? Because I didn't know who, you know, I didn't know who he was. Like, it just, they just called him like they were talking about God. So they would say God and I would go, God, and pray somebody didn't answer. (laughs) Cause I'm like, wait, what if they say something back? Then what do you do? (laughs) I was about to ask Nicole, did you know, like, what that was? Like, you you knew God, like they were talking to God, obviously, but I was going to ask, like, did you know of him or you just knew that they talked about a person that I guess, did you know he created the universe? I honestly thought they were talking to the lights because everybody was looking up at the top of the ceiling. So I was like, oh, no. I'm like is he going to answer back? Like, so, you know, you'd be praying like, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in my opinion, I could see like you just looking around like well, my family talks to the light. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, oh, you go to church? No, the church is in our house. And they're like, what? Yeah, yeah, they meet on Wednesdays in our house. <laughs> you know? That's like, crazy. For me, I, my, my dad always talked about God. Like, he talked of him. Um, didn't understand what a relationship was. 
So um, my dad grew up Pentecostal, so he knew about going to church and having long services. Me and my brother didn't. Um, But we always, my dad would always tell us there's a time to have fun and then there's a time to give to God. And so we would go like on the major holidays, like Christmas, Easter, um, and so forth as a family. Um, And then randomly, like my dad would come in our rooms on Sunday and just be like, hey, we're getting up going to church. Oh, okay. (laughs) So we just got up and went. And, um, And so I knew of it. I didn't really know anything until... I was 13 until I was actually put into a Baptist school because I was not going down the right path of life. Um, I guess as all women, all girls go through at the age of 13, when boys give you attention, you're just like, Hey, how you doing? Um, so, uh, my dad wanted to protect me from that and, um, put me, he wanted to send me to an all girls. That was, very scary and sad. And I thought my life was over, but he didn't send me to an all girls school because there wasn't anyone, any one of that type of school around. He sent me to a Baptist school that had to wear skirts to our ankles and button up shirts to our neck, kind of like turtlenecks, but not turtlenecks. Um, and so that's when I started, right. (laughs) Turtleneck up to your chin, like don't breathe. What if I accident? What if you accidentally like put food on there? Like, how would you clean that? Like in public, like <laughs> just wipe left to right. <laughs> um, and so that was my journey of knowing who Jesus was and that He loved me and He died for me. Um, did I get radically saved? No. Um, I questioned mm-hmm. a lot. I think all of us can say that on here is that we've all questioned, mm-hmm. right, Shane? Oh yeah, uh, there are questions constantly still rolling around. I think, and if you're yeah. not questioning some things, then you are blindly accepting, in my opinion, uh, what people are teaching you, and that's not a relationship at all. If I'm just blindly accepting what somebody is telling me, that's yeah. not a reality to me. That's that's just mindlessly following the clan. And if the clan goes off the cliff, you're going with them. Going with them, yeah. Like Nicole with the light bulb. Right. Oh my goodness! You know, it, like it, it, you know, starts out like something like that. You know, like you're like, I'm just doing what I see people do, kind of, you know, praying with one eye open, one eye closed, and so we get down on our knees. They're saying words I don't understand, so I'm gonna go to sleep. You know, and so I would snore and be like, oh, I'm gonna get, <laughs> I'm gonna get a spanking, <laughs> I'm gonna get a pinch, the pinch of life. You know, you better not go to sleep in church. You know. Um, we spent a lot of times, even once the church moved from our house to a building, we spent a lot of time underneath the pew. Like we weren't in relationship. It was a smaller church when it started. So there were a lot of kids, but there was no one like appointed, anointed to teach kids, you know? So the kids didn't go anywhere. We sat in the service with our parents and it it was, it was Mm -hmm. long. Like, I think we would get up at like nine o'clock at the church by like 1030, clean the bathrooms, sweep the floors, vacuum, straighten up the pews, put out the programs, and then service would start at 12. It wouldn't be over until like two or three. I'd be starving. They'd be like, you want a cracker? No, I want a chicken, like a bucket (laughs) of chicken. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, but yeah, so it was was really different. We just did, you know, because that's what we were supposed to do. Everybody gets up, everybody goes to church, everybody cleans it. So 
like I had a relationship with the building before I had a relationship with the man that we came there to, to worship. You know, wow. so I was like, mm, I know this building inside and out. I know if somebody touched this doorknob, I know, <laughs> I know if you didn't flush the toilet right, you know, like we knew that kind of stuff way before we even knew really where to find things in the Bible. Like they were always talking, but we didn't know what they were talking about. So what made that transition for both of you? Like what made that transition from, you know, going and doing to having and being? So for me, the funny thing was, like I said, we knew of God. Um, So I knew there was a being above us looking down like we were ants. That's the best way I could describe it as as 13 year old in my brain. Um, and the funny thing was we went, my dad wanted us to get back to church. And so right when he sent me to Baptist school, so all of a sudden we had this radical, like night shift change. And so he was looking for a church and, um, we went to a lot of churches and I wanted to, like, we moved back to Georgia. I went sent to Baptist school. I wanted to have friends. So we were meeting all these, going to all these churches and I wanted friendship. Like I wanted to hang out. What, what 13 year old doesn't want a friend, um, especially in a new area. And so we go to this last church because all the other churches, my parents didn't like, or I mean, I didn't like any of them because none of the youth ever talked to me. None of them did. None of them came up to me. None of them greeted me, nothing. And so in my head, I'm like, if there's a being up there or somebody that cares about me and loves me, that what I'm hearing from school and what I'm hearing from all these other churches, I'm like, then why don't I have a friend? And so I went, we went to this last church and, and um, when we were in the parking lot, I actually said in my head, I'm like, God, if you exist, I'm going to walk in this building and there's going to be a kid that talks to me, a youth that talks to me. If, if nobody talks to me, like it's been at the other churches, then I'm going to, I'm never, I'm don't want to know anything else about you. I don't want to have a relationship with you. I don't want to talk to you. And so we walk in, literally I was, I, I had already got out of my car. And so we were already sit, walking like from the parking lot. Like when I said this statement in my head, the steps were right in front of my feet. And so we go into the building, the glass door, and this one dude just comes up to me. Like, literally, I didn't even have a chance to breathe. I didn't even have a chance to say hey to anybody. This random dude just runs up to me and he's like, hey, my name's Ben. You want to come sit with me on the front row with the youth? And I said, okay. (laughs) It was crazy. Like, literally... It was 2.5 seconds after I walked into the building. I couldn't even breathe. And I was like, okay. And so that was my initiative to start pursuing or to start seeking whoever was up there. Because I think had that not happened, I mean, I I said what I said. I said, I wouldn't want to know anything about you. And from that moment on, my life was changed. I got connected with the youth group. Um... I started, obviously I went to a Baptist school, so we had to like read the Bible and know all that stuff. Even before we had to take tests, which is really funny to me. Um, I had to learn scripture to take a test, which I, it's so crazy. You will not have access to your test unless you know the scripture. And I was like, man, and to be funny too, like when I went to the Baptist school, like the first day, first day I went was on a Wednesday and they had chapel. 
And so I'm sitting on the front row because everybody had to sit like on the first two rows because it was like less than 20, 20 or 30 kids. And we're sitting on the pew and these people start singing. Never been in a, in a Baptist church before in my life. And so if you know anything about Baptist churches, these people who are the pastors of the church, their family sing. And so I'm sitting on the front row, this worldly person that again, never has ever been in a Baptist church. And these people start singing. I'm like, um, do they know they can't sing? And I was laughing loudly in the church service. And these kids are looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, bro, these kids don't know how to sing. Like who, who said they could be on stage? Who said they could sing? Like why are they? <laughs> so yeah. That was that yes. was my process. That was the beginning of my process. It was funny though. I was not a nice person. That's funny. Sorry. Oh my goodness. That is so funny. That's so funny. And so, so like so opposite of me. I had these pivotal moments, you know, like my grandmother got saved, who I was really, really close with. So I jumped up and got saved because I wanted to do everything my grandmother did. So naturally I wasn't really saved. I had just done what she did. I just mimicked. Um, and then I remember um, they asked me to, to lead the children's ministry. So, you know, I printed some coloring sheets and we played some games and, you know, I pretended to know the Bible. Um, but it, 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 there was nothing about it. It's like playing house with kids. I'm just going through things that I saw them do on stage. You know, they're upstairs. This is what they do. So this is what we'll do down here. Yeah. Um, but I remember um, pretty much just summer of 17 years old and like I was committed to the hospital not like an insane hospital or anything not yet at that point but <laughs> um they <laughs> to Stony Brook they do you know I'm, I'm like the very very top floor like before you bust out the building on the helipad whatever floor that is um they had these science floor and basically anybody up there you're going to die you're dying your your death is upon you like there's nothing that they can do to really save you but study you and hope that nobody else dies from what you got and you know you figure like you hear all these great stories about these pivotal moments where on my deathbed the lord spoke to me and i changed my whole life on my deathbed literally i know this this is my testimony my testimony the doctors had come in for the last time they told me i was gonna die i can't talk i can't eat i'm being fed intravenously I look like a skeleton oh, no. and y'all know me in real life. I'm a big girl. So for me to look like a skeleton. Oh no. Um, and they told me you're going to die. So in the morning, we'll just come collect your body. We'll use it for science. Sign this waiver, sign the waiver. So nobody, I don't want anybody else to die. Like I died. They don't really know anything about what I got. So oh. I laid there and I remember like feeling water in my ears. I could barely move anything. And I was just like, all right, if you're the guy who you say you are and everybody says you're praying for me to live, then Make me live. And I live. Wow. Scared the, scared the bejesus out of the doctor. He was like, okay, you should be dead. Um, I'm going to go and man. come back. And, you know, but you would think like, okay, man, that's a pivotal moment. That's an amazing story. Hmm, my little crazy behind got out there and did all the stuff that I did before. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, it didn't, it, that wasn't the moment. And I really thought it would be like, I was like, okay, so that baffled me that, okay, I don't know anything more about you. That was the only time you've ever done anything directly in my life that I have asked for. So, you know, who are you? So it was like kind of like a hard-headed moment that made me start like trying to figure out like, okay, am I really saved? What does that even mean? You know, I got dunked in this this pool of water, you know, (laughs) where 
you know, yeah. So I'm like, you know, these things, I don't really know what they mean. I just did them because this is yeah. what you're supposed to do, you know? And so I was like, oh, I know, I don't know if that was really right or not. So like down the line, you know, we start going to church and so here I am, you know, in that same year, probably like November, October, um, I'm such a rogue. I was wearing all white to church. What? <laughs> in, in, in is the winter. Reason? <laughs> oh. Is there a reason? Or you just looked good, girl? No, it was looking good. It was the best white outfit. The only white outfit I owned. <laughs> little white shoes, little yes. jellies. I was doing it. Um, and I got in there and the evangelist Thea was there. And my mom had asked me so many times, are you sure you want to wear all white all day? Because we ran the gamut. We went to my grandmother's church. Then we went to our church, the one that started in our house. Then we came back to my grandmother's church. Then we wow. went back to the church that started in our house. So you literally, we were in church all day on Sunday. Um, and she was like, are you sure you want to do that? Like, yeah, I'm going to wear it. I'm going to wear it. I got there, walked in the doors. They're like, hey, how you doing? I was like, oh, I'm fine. Thank you. And they're like, you look nice. I was like, thank you. Got over there to Miss Delma. And she's like, you think you know things, right? And I was like, no, <gasps> you got no things. She goes, well, Lord sent me here to tell you something today. And I'm telling you, she touched me like those people, like magic, like, see? And out I went, like someone just laid me down on the ground. What? And I spent the entire church service on, on the floor with the Lord just showing me millions upon millions of kids and talking to me about what he had planned for me and Amazing. that I didn't really know him, but from this day forward, I would. And I was just like, well, I remember trying to get up. My mom was like, mm, he not done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, so it was just that, that moment, you know, was that moment was a moment I was like, okay, I'll never forget that because, I, by right, you know, I felt like I should have went through the floor or something. Um, but I, I spent all that time there, you know, just under the power of God. And, you know, nothing he said to me or done for me has been any different. Like, it's always been one of those um, moments that make me be like, hey, shut up and listen. I need to talk to you. That's good. So hard-headed okay. people out there, if you're hard-headed. <laughs> hey, I'm there with you, girl. To stop and listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so listen what about that, you, Shane? The small voice. Yeah. What does that look like for you, um, country boy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, so back in the day, there was, you know, I grew up Baptist and my there was this glory scene called the church split. And uh, I, I don't remember anything about it. I don't even think we were there that the Sunday that it actually happened. So it was all like third hand knowledge you know nobody tells the kid what's happening and so i just know mom and dad stopped going to church that's all i know and i didn't know anything else uh and you know from there it got weird like life got weird um parents, were you connected in the church like at all like you guys went every sunday you had mm-hmm. friends and stuff so it was just like a direct halt yeah so we were you know, the whole family went there. Uh, when I say whole family, it was like my uncle, my grandmother, uh, everybody on my dad's side. Um, my mom's side didn't live in the States. So, you know, they weren't there, of course. But so everybody on my dad's side was there. Um, we, you know, every Sunday we all went. Um, I would actually, we lived on a farm. And so I would ride in with my uncle uh, every Sunday because he had a Corvette. You know, now I get where my son gets his uh, obsession with cars. <laughs> and so um, it's gotta be I would blue. ride. Yeah, his was white, if I remember right. Um, oh, okay. A white. Uh, white again. Here we go with a second white go. in the story. <laughs> right. 
And so um, I just, you know, out of the blue, we just stopped going. And I was like, what, 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 what happened? Like, why? Um, and so at that point, you know, my, uh, we sold the farm and my parents moved, you know, further out in the country. <laughs> and uh, so we just, you know, it was like 45 minutes to go anywhere. And so going to church wasn't an option because it was just like 45 minutes to get to church. And so what we ended up doing is, uh, you know, like I told you, I grew up in the church, like at six weeks, I was already in a Christian school. (laughs) And so I, by Lana saying the memory, scripture memory, like I remember uh, in elementary school having to remember like full chapters of Psalms to you know that was your test score <laughs> and oh no uh, and here i was complaining about one verse nicole just one <laughs> no we had like full-on the whole chapter and like fifth grade yes. i remember just bombing hardcore one day and like just getting the lecture from my teacher about uh not paying attention not studying i'm like it's a whole chapter what do you expect uh-huh. me to do in fifth grade, remember a whole chapter of Psalm and repeat it back to you in King James. I mean, come on. Uh, and so, you For know. For thou is shouted, oh, not yelleth at me. <laughs> it was so hard. And so, you know, going to middle school, like going to middle school, it, there was this little buzz that started happening. So the school I went to was attached to a church and there was like this buzz that was starting to happen about, you know, the church was growing, the church was getting larger, they were about to build another building. And because they were building another building, the whole school got upgrades. And so like, they rebuilt on, a, like, in fifth grade, there was no more school, like you, I was going to have to go somewhere else. Uh, but because the church was growing, they were building a middle school. And so I actually had a middle school to go to. And so the, the church was growing. So all this buzz was happening around this church that was growing. and. Uh, you know, it was, it kind of happened every year, like my eighth grade year, they started the high school. And so like I had somewhere to go. Oh, wow. And so it was really cool. Like every year they were adding on. Um, (laughs) Right. Yeah. God wanted me in that school. That's another story. We'll talk another time that God bless my whole family about going there. But um, so, you know, there was this whole buzz and I was like, all right, I want to go to this youth ministry they called it royal rangers back then it was like a play off uh, boy scouts but for the assemblies god uh it was boy scouts but with a christian uh, twist to it <laughs> and so yeah. it was really cool i loved being in the little boy scout stuff but that was like my introduction to church and to the assemblies of god and to things like that that i'm going to be completely honest i don't care about uh denominations like you know as long as you jesus that sure let's go for this uh but um but so uh, there was this thing that happened when i was there i kept seeing the youth group and i was not old enough to be in the youth group yet mm-hmm. but one day it was a very large room and it was probably 175 people in this room and i was like listen Oh, I was like, listen, you know, if I go in there, they can't see me. It's it's okay. So I went in there knowing that I was not old enough, knowing that if I actually got called, I would be sent back to Royal Rangers. 
And bro, you're a kid trying to be in youth stuff. They gonna know right. it's you, <laughs> right? But who's gonna know? They're gonna know. <laughs> They're gonna know. <laughs> They're gonna know. But how uh, do they know? Right. And so know. I went. I checked in. So I made it past the first point. I checked in, and after I checked in, I went to the room, and I just kind of like hid in the back, like with. So this room is the max capacity is probably 80 people and they're cramming 175 youth in this room and it's loud. I love it. Uh, then this is totally wicked. That's what you hear that right, kid in the back. Right. All that was going through my mind. And I was like, I'm, you know, I'm kind of like reliving it all right now. And it was just awesome. And then this guy got up and started i knew him from the school because he was like he did our chapels and so his name was pastor phil and i got in there and he started preaching and i was like all right this is cool this is awesome and that's when i saw the pivotal turn in my life happen because at that moment i felt something i never felt before and uh, so going back to the Baptist stuff, I would, when, you know, after the church split, I tried going back with the church split that my uncle went to. Um, and like I said, that, that was a vibrant church. It was awesome. Um, but I would cry during worship and nobody really could tell me why I was crying. Going forward a little bit in the Royal Rangers, uh, they would do these. Um, overnight things, and uh, how w- they would do worship. Like lock-ins? Would, yeah, yeah, uh, like lock-ins. I didn't want to say lock-in because not a lot of people know what that is. They think you got locked in. What? <laughs> but no, I did not get locked up. No, it's not the escape room. <laughs> if you, if, right? if these newbies are going to be like, what the heck is a lock-in, y'all? You would get together with a group of people, whatever like building it was, and you would stay up all night, and then at 6 o'clock, your parents would come pick you up. Yeah. Um, so this is not the escape room. This was a fun event with friends that you were close with, with, you know, kind of like a mini concert, but not concert. Cause they would like have music and food and you would just get to hang out with your, you could do what you want. Hang out with friends. I mean, obviously there's adult supervision, but you know, oh, yes, there are a lot of adults in the mix of it. Lots of adults. <laughs> cough, cough, like three. Um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there was probably a lot more trouble happening than actual worship, but it, during the time, like I would feel very emotional and that's all that I knew is I felt emotional at that time. And so when I went to the youth group and I was, you know, singing worship and I would feel those emotions, it was like, there were answers for what I was feeling at those times. And so that's Because somebody addressed them or you felt it? I felt it. And I saw everybody else feeling the same thing. And when the pastor would get up, he was like, what you're feeling right now is the Holy Spirit. And it's like, after all these years, nobody could tell me that. Like, nobody could tell me that what I was feeling was the Holy Spirit. (laughs) But I was... And it was like, what you're feeling right now is the Holy Spirit. And we're, we're going to sit in this space. And this, this is where, like, uh, this is an old term, but Terry and his presence. And that's where, like, I learned how to do that stuff. And we would just sit there 
in these moments with just pads on a piano playing and just be with God. And that was one of the things like, I, I think that drew me to the youth group because they made space for God just to be God. And so that's kind of like where my relationship pivoted to becoming um, more as a relationship than this thing that you do. So did you get caught? No, right? Like, yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> did you get caught? <laughs> I did, but nobody cared. What? Yep. Bad security. No. So I, I got in there and then like, it was really uh, like, I was only a couple of months ahead of when I was supposed to be able to go in there. And so that's why I said like, nobody cared that I was there. They were were saying this kid's coming for a test run. Yeah. And so they like, literally, I think it was three or four months later, I was graduating. I think it was uh, seventh or eighth grade. I forget which one. But after one of those, I couldn't be in the youth group. And so it was, I was, it was literally the summer. And so it didn't matter. Um, You you built the story. Like you, you walked in, you got past security. And so I'm thinking, and, and maybe Nicole was thinking too, like, you know, I could just see you like in worship, you know, you know, like you were saying, you had that moment and then just random adult be like, excuse me sir are you supposed to be in here no i'm not oh we gotta go <laughs> like, no, you're out. Well, well what the way i got called we're gonna know <laughs> yeah right the way i got yeah. called is they stayed afterwards and there was like this big like during altar altar would go till 10 or 11 o'clock at night and i would get caught up in that and i would stay there and so they're like looking at me and I'm looking at them and they know that I'm not supposed to be there. And I know that I'm not supposed to be there. And, but it's a, a <laughs> great time in Jesus. So nobody's kicking anybody out. Man. So it was a little covering of, uh, of God really just kind of like orchestrating what he was doing in me. So uh, let's, let's take this a little fast forward and I want to hear you guys' opinion. So fast forwarding to today, those moments that kind of changed and pivoted you to not being just a doer, but an actual relationship. How does that play out today? Nicole? Today, this looks really different. Like, you know, you go from that person that, you know, is just robotically going through the motions, you know, um, you know, what people further down the line called, you know, religion, you know, I didn't have Jesus. I had religion. I knew I was supposed to go to church. I knew I was supposed to own a Bible. God forbid you write in that Bible. Like, you know, it's like, Girl. So, you know, I had this crisp Bible that like never been touched. The pages were still like sealed together, you know, with the gold edge. Yeah. Bet you it smells so, still amazing with the new Bible smell. Listen, I'm a weird person, people. Yeah, I am one of those. If you buy a new book from whatever store, Barnes and Nobles or all that, I promise you, you open that book. Smells amazing. I don't care what book it is. I don't care if it's the Bible or not. You're going to open that book yeah. and you're going to smell it and you're going to like it. Love that's it what too. I do. <laughs> Lana's secretly a book huffer. <laughs> right? <laughs> but like, you take that Sorry, girl, you took me there. You know, who originally thought that, you know, people were praying to the light fixtures and houses and, you know, who eventually gets, you know, 
delivered from something they don't even have words for and don't have medicine for, you know, this person who's done everything robotically and religiously to, you know, the, the child of God today, you know, that's the difference. Like, you know, you're not just a person, you're not just a number, you know, you're, you have purpose. You have found your identity. You know what it is you're supposed to do. You know who you belong to, you know, what it is that he set out to do and you want to do it too. And Mm -hmm. I was like, if he saved me, then by knowing him, then by others knowing him, they can be saved too. And so I I live by this Bible. They'd be like, oh, I'm going through this and I'm going through that. Hold on. I got a story. And they'd be like, you got a story for everything. No, I don't have a story for everything. There's a story for everything in the Bible. You know, I was like, that's why he wrote it. You know, it's like, you got to write it down because people, you know, live seeing is believing. You know, if I can show you, and take you on this journey mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm sold out. And that's where, you know, that's where I live now. Like I'm sold out. You know, I'm not doing it. If God didn't say, I'm not just going to like wake up one day and be like, let's go do that. You know, I'm like, Hey, you know, Lord, is this what you want me to do? I'm going to wait for the answer. I know it's going to be great. And if it's a no, it's because he's got something better. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't withhold good stuff from us. So the person now, like this relationship, you know, praying and fasting and, you know, I'm doing all the stuff that I used to see people do. <laughs> yeah. I would be sleep under the pews. You know, now I've got the kids that are sleep under the pews. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, it, you know, it amazes me because then you're like, okay, what is your journey going to look like? Because I remember, you know, when I was there, I didn't really know what to do. You know, I had some of everything, but I didn't know what it meant, what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is different because you're, you know, you were looking for a reason to get out of going. And now you're looking for a reason to bring more people you know, what people need to know about it. So the relationship is, is very personal. You know, it's going to look different for everyone, but there is someone out there who has the latter part of your story who's broken through that can, you know, yeah. show you the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, today, like, is there, what's the, what's a day look like in your relationship with God? A day in my relationship looks like, well, <laughs> well I know it's, at nine o'clock. I'm <laughs> <laughs> having that Chino guys- and I'm sitting down with the Lord and I'm just like, okay. Chino is Nicole's special coffee, you guys that are listening. Yes, Christmas in a special cup. concoction. She calls it Christmas in a cup. It's not yeah. coffee. It's no, not it's not coffee. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I repeat, yeah. it's not coffee. It's not I am coffee. a coffee drinker and it's not. <laughs> it's not coffee. But it, it is liquid fuel. Um, but yeah, so I love, you know, this, you know, I wake up in the morning and, you know, I'm praying before my feet even hit the ground, uh, thinking about memorizing, you know, scriptures and thinking about different things and um, looking for ways to devote time to God. Like people say mm-hmm. time is a precious commodity because you can't get it back. So I'm giving to God what I know I in my own flesh and in the world cannot get back, but he can so freely stop, retain and give unto me. So I'm giving that to him by saying, hey, I'm going to spend some time in this Bible. I'm going to spend some time in this devotion. I'm going to call these people who have these questions, trying to figure out life. Somebody needs prayer. I'm stopping what I'm doing and I'm praying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it just looks different. It looks really different. You know, I remember waking up, turning on the cartoons, eating the big bowl of Fruit Loops or Sugar Smacks or somebody. And, you know, sugar pajamas at like 12 o'clock. Like, yeah, for real. Like be me and the diggum diggums, you know. <laughs> 
But, uh, you know, to, to look at it now, it's like, no, no, not. I, I'll eat after. But, you know, I'm not going to starve if I just take a few minutes first and give God that time. And, you know, doing so throughout the day, like it's not over because nine o'clock has passed. You know, you're focusing on ways to be his hands and feet throughout the day. You know, so you're still in connection with him. You're still listening to see what he wants you to do. I find myself saying, you know, Lord, where am I in relationship to where you want me to be? If I'm off track, get me back on track. If there's people in my life who should not be in my life, remove them. If there are things that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing, remove it. You know, those are what they say, the dangerous prayers. (laughs) You know, when it goes, don't chase after it. When it stops, don't start it back. You know, like fill it with things of the Lord, you know? And so that's what I'm trying to do. Like just clean house, you know, this is his temple, my body and my mind, my life is not mine. It's his. So it's very different. So I used to be like, you can't tell me, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> and no, not me. sweet Nicole. <laughs> oh yes. I'd be like, you're not the boss of me. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Lana, what does it look like now? Relationship? So for me, it's obviously different. Um, so I will say my whole life from that moment has God has always not, he doesn't make me do anything. I'm, I'm my own person. I'm my own free will. But for me as somebody, I've always wanted to know more, like, is there a way to go deeper? Um, what, what does this look like if I step down in faith? What does it look like if I truly walk this just out? So not just, the incident with Ben happened, you know, I went to ministry school. Um, obviously I found my husband who's on here, this podcast. Um, it's always, I've always wanted more than what was given. And so to make this understandable, um, I kind of just took a chance on God. I literally just, looked at the whole situation and I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm going back in my own 16 year old, you know, 13 year old mind. And I took a chance. Like I, I, it's one of those chances that you see in movies. The best movie that I always say that this is my life is if you've ever watched happy feet and you know, um, the smaller penguins, I can't remember the name, but they were trying to find, um, trying to follow um, Happy Feet, the main character. I can't think of his name. It's been a while since I've seen this movie, but this part of the movie always stayed with me. But so pretty much my walk of faith has been, they follow the big penguin and he slides down this huge mountain. And then the other little penguins, which they're little Spanish penguins, which I love because their voices are all little Spanish. Um, they sit on the top and they go, okay, no, you go. And the other one goes, no, that's too hard. Is you go, you go. It's too. It's a long fall. I don't want to go. And so they're arguing. Three penguins are arguing at the top of the move in, in the scene, and one goes, "Okay, I know how to do it." And he says, "He goes, watch. I do a one and a two. And he's looking at his back the whole time, like he's not even paying attention to the front. He's like, okay, one, two, and then three, and then he just jumps. So pretty much that is sums up my walk of faith with God. I've constantly just jumped and guessed and said, "Lord, if you're real, this is going to happen." Like I don't. It's not a if you do this, God, I'll do this. No, it's always been like, there's something more, there's something deeper. It's always been a pool. Um, and I want to know about it. So I take a risk for it. I took a risk. Um, I did not get my high school diploma. I dropped out my senior year of high school. Um, not for anything severe or bad. Um, 
the, I still was in the Christian school, bless it. Um, I uh, pretty much, they wanted me to do high school. I failed fourth grade. I failed fourth grade and they wanted me to do, I caught up through the curriculum that they had. Um, and they wanted me to do high, uh, college courses while I was, they wanted me to finish an extra year, but I already graduated. Like I already did all my high school stuff. And so they wanted to keep me in another year. And I just, I was already 18. I didn't want to do it. So I took a jump and I got my GED. And then I pursued going into ministry school without having my GED, but I had already taken it in August. And I was like, Lord, if this is a school you want me to go to, like I have to pass my GED. And so I took the test in August and I never, you know, with the process of GED, it took three months at the time. And I didn't know until um, I had, I probably known in September I had failed reading and writing. And those are my most horrible subjects. So <laughs> I went to take the test again and I literally cried as I'm taking the test. Cause I'm like, if I fail this, I can't go to college. I can't pursue this dream or this relationship with the Lord that he had told me that was going to happen and it's not going to happen. So I took the test and I ended up passing and I didn't find out till the end of October. And I was already in ministry school. So that door went open. So pretty much my whole life has just been me constantly pursuing a, a man, a God, a being that I want to know more about. And we stepped and that's how we came with only one is me and Shane. The Lord brought us together in ministry school and we did ministry at other churches. And finally, the Lord said, now, you little baby birds, you got to fly. And we took a chance. And you, you've been watching our story. We took a chance and we left our current church. And we flew out the nest to pursue this dream online to show people like you that you matter, that you're loved. Because COVID has brought so much fear along with doubling up on depression, along with doubling up on suicides, along with people dealing with anxiety that they never ever had experience and we took the jump and we packed our truck up and with all of our stuff and we left our current home and well not current home but our old home and then within 24 hours God made a way and we have a home now and we're in a home and it's it's there's always been more it's like and I just want more because I won't be happy because my life wouldn't have peace. And again, I don't walk around here like I have peace every day of my life. I struggle a lot. Um, but it's only through God's faith where we're here, why we're here, why we're doing this, because people need to hear and know that they're not alone, that there's right. others going through this. And nobody wants to hear it from a church building. And, you know, like Nicole said, she knew the building before she knew God. And so nobody wants to go to a building anymore. They want to know through authenticity authenticity however you say that laugh at me if you will <laughs> um and that's why we're here and that's why we're doing this is because there's more to what so much more. people are telling you there, there's so much more than how you were hurt not more hurt but there's healing in your hurt and there's yes. so much more in a community of people who are living out this walk with jesus as a relationship and not as a religion and we're here to we're here to be that light. We all three of us, I am not just speaking for myself because I know these two that are on this 
this uh, podcast with me, you know, we've been hurt. We've been broken by the church, but we all know hurt people hurt people. But that's the whole point of why Christ had the community. He had his main three and then he had his 12. And us three, me, Nicole and, and Shane, you know, we're on here, but we're also a friendship. And we also call on one another and Pastor Daniel, Nicole's husband. We all call each other when we're down. I will say this last little testimony, but before we found our home, I was dealing with so much mental stuff of God not coming through for a house for us. And I actually messaged um, Nicole's husband now, Daniel. And I was like, look, you're the only one within the last two months that has said that if God called us to do this, he would make a way. And I, I wrote him and I said, I need prayer because I have so much doubt right now. And at three in the morning, Daniel wrote me back and he prayed for me in text over my mind and prayed for me and said, he's going to make a way because that's what his word says. And that's the point of community is when you're down, you need to reach out to somebody and say, hey, I'm struggling. And in that moment of prayer and in that moment of them speaking life over you, you feel his presence fill you up. And so that's why we're doing this. This is this is real. This is true and this is God. So truth be told, you did it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all did it. It was just the Lord. <laughs> right. And and so I like how you said your your uh, pivot was you just wanted to know more and that wanting to know more has never stopped. And now that wanting to know more has forced faith to happen in every situation because it's yeah. not just one step it's multiple steps and that's kind of like in my life everything's like little steps because if i see big things i get overwhelmed and i just don't do anything uh you know there's this thing called an ipad and netflix disney plus uh (laughs) discovery plus now uh and it those steps have equaled just like i said like uh, i stepped into the minute youth ministry not really being able to be there, but I stepped into it because I knew that's where God wanted. And I knew that that's where my heart was longing. And so everything that I think I, I do is it's been a heart longing, just longing for that presence, longing for that place, longing for that uh, next filling, I guess you would say. And that's one of the things that I felt like, you know, God had kept placing in me just constantly. And so every day is now you, uh, I'm a little different. I'm not like Nicole. I don't wake up first thing in the morning and (laughs) I wake, I wake up at five and I I barely can function at that. So me meeting Jesus at five would equal nothing. (laughs) And so, uh, I got to get my son to school at seven 40. Well, you know, at seven thirty, the other one wakes up and Solana's home with the other, our littlest one. And so in the process, it's one of those that we, um, he wakes up and he's only up for an hour, hour and a half, and then he goes back to sleep. And so at that time is where I really enter in. I get my AirPods and I really enter into just really deep seeking after God and reading my Bible. Um, one of my things is I want to read the Bible through and that's what, what I want to do every year. And so, um, it, it usually rounds about like October every year that I restart. And so I restart in, um, I'm restarting in the message forms. Uh, never read the message Bible, never really had a desire, but 
a little couple weeks back, I kept seeing some scriptures and they were in the message format and I really liked them. And so I'm starting to reread the Bible. And so that's the way I get close to God. And I'm the world's worst because it will take, uh, with reading the message has kind of changed, but and when I read my ESV or NIV or anything like that, I would really dive in. Like it'd take me a month or so to get through a book yeah. of the Bible sometimes. Um, and then other times is like, fly right yeah. through it uh but it the fun thing is that's what we you know that's the way i seek god in the morning that's the way i have relationship in the morning it's different and it happens but that's the way that i do it and so you know we today we're going to wrap up a little bit today we hope that you just got to see some realness and some rawness of us and nicole yes. is there anything that you want to close up with um no i just you know know that you know these are three very, you know, different stories, three very unique stories, you know, even if there's maybe some pieces you find similarities in, you know, God can use us all and he uses us all in a different way. We're all designed to do something that only we can do, um, you know, and he calls upon you in the right time for those things to come about. So I'm just grateful that we can get together and like have these kinds of conversations kind of round table-ish, you know, and let people just kind of, you know, find their place. Like when people, you know, when we were in, in church, they used to always say, Find your story in the Bible. I was like, I'm not in there. <laughs> you know, I was like, but there's bits and pieces in there. There's things that I've gone through that, you know, other um, people have gone through that are written about in the Bible or that other prophets have seen and they've written about um, that can kind of help guide and direct me on what I should be doing today. Um, so here we are, you know, without the, <laughs> the guidance of the Bible, without the, you know, the blessing of the Lord and the anointing of his, you know, of his Holy spirit upon these things, you know, we can be doing what we're doing right now. Something unprecedented. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, uh, what, what is it? The, um, I forget what everybody says. It's, uh, very different what we're doing and it's, uh, different in a good way because there's yeah. ways that people can get involved. You know, one of the ways to get involved with us is we're, um, training up influencers to not just be influencers for only one, but be influencers for the gospel. And that's, it's, right. it's a new take on mission, like missions and missionaries. And that's one of the things that we want to see God do more of is in this world. It's all digital. It's all digital all the time. If you look at places like Sears that have gone out of business because they no longer have a web presence or they didn't have a web presence as well yeah. building presence and so we believe the church could possibly one day uh migrate into this digital world and so that's one of the yeah. things that we want to be able to help people and help facilitate people and help um people know what their calling is and god and empower them to live that out in a digital way and okay. so let us know. You can always reach us at um, my email is Shane H at only number one dot church. And that's kind of all of our emails. You is our first name and initial. And so you can. And Nicole's read. is L, right? Yes, it's still an L. Yeah, we need to fix that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so if you want to get involved, don't be afraid to email us and you can always find us on our website, onlyone.church and on all social media, only one church. And so we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode and we look forward to being able to release these weekly and we're excited about what God's going to do and, and through us. Love you guys. Yes. Bye. Bye.